Hey there, Omaha. Uh, welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. We're making a return to the pizza section of Omaha, which is something that I feel like we haven't really revisited in quite a while. And it's time to get back and talk about some pizza. To do so, I've got Dan Reed. He is one of the co-owners of Double Zero Pizzeria. It's a new pizza joint that just opened in October um, in Elkhorn. So just right outside, you know, kind of an Omaha suburb. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I'm, I'm super excited to be here. And we're excited to have you. So I, I love to start off these episodes by just kind of giving the restaurateur, chef, whoever it is that's coming on, just a chance to kind of explain their business to someone who hasn't been there previously. So of course, I kind of want to tee you up and, and look at it from this angle and that Omaha has a lot of different pizza options. There are so many different <laughs> avenues you can take. There are many different restaurants for each style of pizza. In your mind, what is it that makes Double Zero different from the rest? I think we have a, a nice, I guess, a happy medium between a, a family-friendly place and also a, a almost fancier-type pizza. Mm-hmm. And so our pizza ranges kind of an in-between a, a Neapolitan style and a New York style. So we wanted to try to make it appeal to, to basically families. We know in that area that it's lots of suburban families that have kids. We want them to be able to come in on any given night and have Great food, solid thin crust pizza, watch a few games if they're into that, and then just be happy on their way home. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we really wanted to be that neighborhood pizza joint to where everyone just either every Friday night, they go there every Thursday night, and, and make it that for folks. That was kind of our main goal. So the idea is to appeal to all spectrums. So, like, yes, kids can come in, and they'll be happy. They can, you know, th- they can get whatever it is that makes them happy. You know, they're not looking for super fancy or anything. But also, if a pizza lover comes in, they can get what they want as well. Absolutely. So we have a wide variety of pizzas. So for kids, we have just obviously pepperoni, all meat, cheese pizza, and they're fantastic. But if you're willing to branch out a little bit, we have very cool, I guess, um, different styles. So we have a chicken enchilada pizza Mm -hmm. that's spicy and awesome and comes with sour cream, and we make our own salsa verde for it. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a Thai peanut pizza. We have a... Uh, white chicken pizza that is homemade Alfredo sauce and chicken and bacon. And so there's just a wide variety that you can choose from. Uh, we happen to love spicy food there. So we probably have four or five different spicy pizzas that can really get a little sweat on your brow. Mm-hmm. And that's great for parents, but not great for kids. And so we try to to make everyone happy. You know, yes. it's, it's so hard when you have a family of four or five to get everyone on the same page. With ours, you can get individual pizzas, you can get large pizzas. We wanted to I guess, give people enough options to where they could always get what they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to get into all the different styles of pizzas you guys offer because I think that's something that's very cool. unique. But I want to start with the thing that's consistent about all the pizzas, and that's the base. And what I think, personally, from what I've tasted, I think what makes Double Zero special is that crust and that it is it, – it has that, like – that just odd balance of being crunchy on the outside, yet it's light and airy on the inside. It's something that when you hear the description of it, it doesn't seem possible, but then you bite into it and you just understand. How did you guys achieve that, and where does that come from? You know, thank you for those kind words. Uh, The dough is my baby. Mm -hmm. And so that's uh, when we first opened up uh, the Pizza Pie Guys, my other restaurant. That that dough is the base, and it took a long time to get the, the proper, I guess, balance of different types of flowers we've tried every different type of flour so in fact double zero is the type of flour that we use in our pizza mm-hmm. and so double zero is was first a very um from italy it's a very expensive flour and it's ground very very finely so it, typically in a neapolitan restaurant so i won't mention some others if you went to dante or if you went to pitch more than likely they're using double zero pizza mm-hmm. or double zero flour with ours we actually had a little combination we use two-thirds of double zero and a third of high gluten. If you're going to New York City for a New York City slice of pizza, more than likely it's almost all high gluten flour mm-hmm. because it just has lots of stretch to it and some chew to it. And so we found that that balance and some of the other ingredients that we have in there, we try to use just really good stuff and that the end product, especially in that new fancy oven that we have that uh, is a, a stone-fired oven, mm-hmm. it just creates almost like a little baguette around the edge but still being just lightly crisp on the inside, easily foldable. And so that's that's probably what I'm most proud of there is that dough. I love that you described that as a baguette on the edge because yeah. I've never heard that before, but it makes so much sense now mm-hmm. that I have heard it. So you talk about experimenting with that dough and how you've 
you've managed to achieve something that's kind of in between a Neapolitan and a New York slice by combining these different flowers. A, how did you know that was a consistency that you were going for? And B, how long and how many different permutations of that recipe did you try before you settled on something where you were like, this is it, yes? Sure, no, it probably took two weeks of constantly eating pizza. And that sounds the, like heaven. Yeah, and <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> it gets old at some point. So the, the one kicker with our dough is it actually sits in the fridge for two to three days before we serve it. Mm-hmm. So anything I made, I had to label carefully and wait and wait and wait. And uh, I'm typically a pretty impatient person, and so that was hard. But we tried – there's different types of double zero flour. Uh, there's some that are actually made for the more of an American pizza. There's some made for crunchier crust. And so we tried them all. We tried different combinations with the New York style because we like the the chew of it, the New York. Mm-hmm. But we didn't want someone to have to always fold it up, like, you know, that little crimp you put in the pizza. Mm-hmm. And so on the Neapolitan side, we like the flavor of it, but sometimes it gets a little too charred. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted some a balance in there. And so a typical Neapolitan will have a that oven around 800, 900 degrees. With this one, we keep it at about 625, 635. And that keeps it from charring on the edge, but still gives it a nice brown color and some flavor to it when it goes through. So So, it doesn't have quite the bitter notes that you'd get from a Neapolitan wood-fired oven pizza. Exactly, correct. And so instead of 90 seconds, it takes about four minutes to cook. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that 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 kind of goes back to, you know, what we led off this conversation talking about is that someone who loves Neapolitan-style pizzas, they love that bitterness. I love that bitterness. I I love those little, like, charred bits and stuff. but. That might not appeal to a family. That might not appeal to kids. It might not appeal to other pizza lovers. It it, it is a very um, specific um, aspect of pizza, I think, that that people like. So you are still providing, like, you know, a little bit of that burnt texture, a little bit of that crunch and everything, but you're not going full Neapolitan. It's a little bit more wide-ranging, I would say. Exactly. And we love to get some little bubbles on the edge of it, so the mm, bubbles will mm-hmm. get a little bit of char, a little bit of burnt on there, and that's one of my favorite parts of the edge there because we typically get those. Yes, yes, that is brilliant. So I think the other really important part of this process, and, and you mentioned it, is you said it was a stone-fired oven, right? Correct. Can you kind of talk to me about that? Because that is like when you walk into the restaurant, that's like the first thing that you notice is just this giant um half circle shaped oven and you know kind of every all the activity in the restaurant at least in the back of the house is centered around that can you kind of tell me about choosing that style of oven what what went behind that decision you know we were we were lucky when we actually were able to to walk into this previous restaurant that had not done as well Mm -hmm. and so that oven was the main reason we did it okay that is the type of oven i had always wanted to use in my other restaurant, we have a, a conveyor oven. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's a different feel. It's a different texture. It's still really good, but it's different. Mm-hmm. I had always wanted to be able to achieve that very crisp bottom while still being light and fluffy. And this oven gives that. It's a, I mean, it's a gorgeous oven. It's the focal point of the restaurant. Uh-huh. And it's a little bit of also science in there. So the inside of this oven actually rotates. Mm-hmm. And so in a typical wood-fired oven or, or even a gas-fired oven like that that does not rotate, you really need to, to know what you're doing to, to maneuver it. Mm-hmm. With this, it makes it a little bit easier. So two revolutions around, and the pizza is usually pretty perfect. Okay. We, have to, we have to adjust occasionally if there's a lot of pizzas in there, if there's just one. But for the most part, it keeps our it, – it doesn't have to be a truly skilled pizza person on that station to still create a really good pizza. Mm-hmm. And so that's um, – it really was the the reason we got that place. It was it was such a good opportunity to to have that oven and to be able to use it. Uh, because not only do we use it for the pizzas, we use it for cooking and roasting our peppers mm-hmm. or our salsa verde. So we we use it all the time. We cook our wings in there. It's just it's an awesome piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- that's really interesting because I've had a couple guests on lately, uh, chefs from from Dante, which you mentioned mm. earlier, and Via Farina that really specialize in those Neapolitan styles where they've got the wood-fired oven and they love it and they swear by it. Yep. But they also say it's really, really hard to figure out. It takes a lot of time to understand how to get the correct temperature, where to put things in the oven, yep. how long to keep them in there. It takes time to even figure out how to turn the oven on correctly. So maybe 
using the stone fired oven just kind of speeds up that process a little bit and kind of um, flattens out that learning curve to some extent? It totally does. It, uh, I admire those guys. If you know how to work one of those ovens, you really know what you're doing with pizza. <laughs> they really do. And so, yes, I would say it definitely flattens that curve. Okay. It, yep. Now, next, I kind of want to talk about the different pizza flavors and toppings that you guys offer. And you mentioned this a little bit off the bat, but like the green chili enchilada pizza, you also mentioned the Thai peanut, a couple others from the menu. You have a hot popper pizza, which is kind of like a jalapeno popper uh, spin, a gyro pizza, mac and beer cheese pizza. Why did you feel it was important to incorporate kind of creative things like that as opposed to just sticking to pepperoni and meat lovers and supreme and everything you'd expect when you go into a normal pizza joint? Uh, Two things. When we were trying to appeal to not only kids but adults, we wanted, if you were an adult and going out, we still wanted you to have a high-end product and different options that you could eat. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's also a little fun for me. I like playing with it. I like creating new things. Um, I mean, some of our pizzas, like the Thai peanut, is definitely not revolutionary. Yeah. But uh, the hot popper came from uh, a bar. So Mitch's Pub is uh, the bartender used to always order that. It was never on the menu, and so we just named it that. And so the the green chili enchilada came from my wife's recipe for chicken enchiladas. Mm -hmm. I find that Mexican food and sandwiches travel well to pizza mm-hmm. and so you can you can manipulate it and so it's not only enjoyable for me to create something new i think as a as an adult when you come in there and you get to try something that's a little bit out of the ordinary i think it's awesome mm-hmm. it gives a, i get it gives families once again that choice to to, to make a great meal I, I love that you just brought that point up because i found a quote from you a couple of years ago and doing my research <laughs> where you said sandwiches flow nicely into pizzas and you just added mexican food into that as well what is it about those categories of food that transfers them well to pizza gosh if you think of a pizza just as a flat sandwich so it, that's I mean, it's, a way to look at you it you know yeah. it's bread and, it's cheese bread and cheese and meat uh and different toppings different vegetables on there and so it's just when you look at food from various areas they're pretty similar the spices are different but the main ingredients of, of bread sauce meat vegetables are pretty consistent Mm-hmm. And so right now we're actually working on two Indian pizzas. Oh, wow. So a chicken tikka masala pizza and a chicken vindaloo pizza. Okay. And so we're super excited. We're going to try those out on Thursday. But once again, if you think about it, if you're eating Indian food, you have that nice warm uh, naan bread mm-hmm. that you're scooping everything out with. And once again, it's a sauce, it's a bread, it's a meat, and it's awesome. And so I think you can you can cross over fairly easily. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a good opportunity, I think, to talk about the R&D process. What is, what is that like for you? When you, I, So let's just even take one of those Indian pizzas, sure. if you'd like. Kind of walk me through what's the process of someone gets that idea in their head to you start testing it to, you you know, like you said, on Thursday, you're getting ready to unveil it. What's, what's kind of the start to finish process there? So the genesis for a lot of our pizzas is my wife. Oh, really? She's an unbelievable... She's the genius? She is. She's an unbelievably good cook. And so I take her recipes, and sometimes, like, the uh, chicken tikka masala recipe is very in-depth. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to have to... I'll shave off a few things to, to make it more um, easily made, but still try to get those same flavors. And so I'll try with the base recipe, and then we'll make a bunch of pizzas. We'll test it out. We try it. Oh, this needs this, this, and this. So we'll try it again. We'll make a new sauce. Try it again. And so it's, it's just a, a trial and error, but we start off with a really good base mm-hmm. that I know that has already been tested by my, my wife. So it needs to get the wife's stamp of approval Absolutely. First. Yeah, no, she's unreal. She's an <laughs> As un- most things in life do, yes. <laughs> exactly. No, she's a great cook, and uh, that's kind of her hobby and passion, and it makes it easy for me to, to kind of steal it. Yeah. I think pizza's probably the only thing I make better than she does. Fair enough. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that's it basically from, from start to finish. It even... Sometimes I will even start with a canned product. If I just want to get an idea of how the, the flavor tastes, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll go to Costco and I'll find some, some sauce and I'll try it out. And I'm like, okay. And then I'll look to make it better. Like I'll get my own recipe. I'll put it together and then go through that testing process again. I value uh, other people's opinion. Mm-hmm. I know I can be sort of picky on food. Mm-hmm. And so I like to, to get more, more ideas than just my own. So what is, I mean, when you... As you're testing this out, are you like, are you giving it to other employees in the restaurant and saying, hey, what do you think about this? How, how do you weigh different people's opinions versus, okay, this 
this guy's like a real foodie yeah. versus this person will eat any slice of pizza, whatever you give them. <laughs> like, how do you balance all that? You know, what we, a, a, if a common man on the street thinks it's good, yeah. then I'm good with it. Right? There you go. So we do a thing called Thursdays with Dan. Mm-hmm. It's a little self-indulgent, but uh, Thursdays in the afternoon at 345, we actually try out all these new pizzas. And so for 10 bucks, people can come in and they get to try out everything different and get a beer. And then we just sit there and we talk about it. So that's actually how the Euro pizza made it on the menu. That was the first one we did on Thursdays with Dan. And it got such good feedback that we put it on. Wow. It was great. And it's and still a good seller now. I was going to ask you about Thursdays with Dan later, and we may as well go there There now. There you go, yeah. Where did the idea for that arise? Because as I started seeing that on Facebook, you guys kept kind of advertising and talking about that. I was like, this is something very unique. I have not seen many restaurants do this. Sure. Uh, I'll be honest, I ripped it off. (laughs) There was a restaurant named uh, 7M Grill. It's now called the Stoke and Goat. Yes, yes. And so they used to say Wednesdays at 1. And it was a very similar um, theme. They would try out the specials for the week. And for 10 bucks, you got a glass of wine. And and you got to try everything. And you got to give feedback to the chef. I thought it was a cool idea, but I just like Thursdays a whole lot better than than Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. And so we try to lead into a little bit of a happy hour. And so we've had anywhere from 6 to 10 people. And it's, it's just fun. I mean, everyone gets to, like, meet different people. They get to talk about the food. They get to talk about other things they'd like. It's actually, it's a really good time. I imagine it's really fun for you as well because this is kind of a chance to interact one-on-one with the customer. I mean, I, I've been in there before during service, and it can be very busy. You're not getting a chance to talk to people. You know, you can communicate to some extent online with customers now, but, like, getting that face-to-face interaction and being able to say, hey, you just tried this. What do you like? What do you not like? Is there something we can change? I imagine that's extremely valuable for you. Oh, it's incredibly valuable because they're giving an, an honest opinion. And I tell them in the beginning, I, I have no skin in this game. If you don't like it, I don't want to serve it. Mm-hmm. And it's people have been very honest and candid. Um, we had a, a muffaletta pizza that I thought was going to be great. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Nobody liked it. And so it didn't make the menu. And so I, if I had not known that, I would have spent a bunch of money on specialty meats and made this. And no one would have ordered it. And so I'm, it's, it's information that you just can't get anywhere else. Because sometimes when you're walking around the restaurant, hey, how's it going? Can I get you anything? People are always very nice. They'll smile. No, everything's great. Very few people are going to give you their honest opinion of their food that's right in front of them. Mm-hmm. So this gives people that option and that chance to do that. Has there ever been a reverse of the muffaletta pizza where you made a pizza and you were kind of like, man, I don't know about this one. I'm a little bit on the fence. And then the feedback was just like, this is Awesome. Put this on right away. Our ghost pepper cheese bread. Really? I thought it was going to be way too spicy for people. And people like it. They, people loved it. And so it comes with a, a spicy ranch that I, I thought people might not enjoy as much as a, a red sauce or marinara. Mm-hmm. They loved it. We do half and halves now, regular garlic bread and the spicy one. And it's, it's actually been a hit. Wow. Yeah, no, it's, I was very surprised. Now, one pizza that I feel like didn't need a whole lot of R&D is the Dan's Special. <laughs> This is a, it has a spicy red sauce, Italian sausage, green chilies, onion, and jalapenos. I've had this. And not just because my name is Dan, so I that felt is. attracted to it. But <laughs> I, I love spicy food, so I was like, this speaks to me. And yeah, it, it's delicious. It, it's got so much on it that sounds really spicy, yet it's not like blow you out spicy or anything. It's just got a nice good heat that kind of radiates throughout without being overwhelming. I'm assuming this is just like your favorite things that you put on a pizza, and that's why it's Dan's special? It is. This is the pizza that started it all. So, and it came from my wife, again, because we were making pizzas at home. Uh-huh. And uh, she had a can of green chilies one day, and she was making her pizza. Normally, I would get sausage and onion, and she's like, do you want it a little bit spicier? And I said, yeah, I'd love it a little bit spicier. So, she put some sriracha on there and some of the green chilies, and I don't even know if we had a jalapeno. That might have come a little bit later, but it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And every time we would make pizza after that, that's what I would have. And so that's just, it was, it, I don't know, I guess the genesis of, of, of wanting a pizza place. Okay, so let's get into that genesis a little bit. Ooh. Where, I mean, like we mentioned, you have not only Double Zero now, but you also own Pizza Pie Guys, which is right off 156 and Fort. Where did you develop this love for pizza that made you feel like, I have to share this with other people? You know, it's weird. It was probably a midlife crisis. <laughs> I had been a salesman my entire life. Uh-huh. And I, I was extremely lucky. And I know I keep mentioning about my wife has, has, has a nice job in health insurance. Mm-hmm. And she allows me to be, to be dumb sometimes. And so she allowed me to open up a restaurant. And it's, uh, with her support, I just, 
I felt like I could get really good food out there at an affordable price. It's something that I want to do. We're, we're a suburban family. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes food choices are just brutal, mm-hmm. especially on a Friday night. You know, you just want to get some pizza. You just want to get home. And we didn't have that many options by us. And so I, even though I think after we opened up Pizza Pie Guys, I think four other places opened up after us, like within a mile. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was still, I think, our best choice and our best spot over there to be able to serve that community in the Northwest Omaha that doesn't have a ton of food options either. Mm-hmm. Uh, we deliver over there. We deliver at, uh, at Double Zero. And so I think that's also helped out. Mm-hmm. Now, all jokes aside about the midlife yeah. crisis thing, when most people sit, like you know want to get into something new, restaurant is not the direction that they go in. It's right. an extremely difficult business to get into, especially if you don't have experience in it, which you didn't previously. Correct. What made you want to go that route? A little bit of just wanting to be an entrepreneur and wanting to, to own a restaurant. It's, it's a weird feeling. I mean, I read, honestly, the how to open a restaurant for dummies. Mm-hmm. The yellow book. I honestly read it. There were a couple other books I read just to try to find out everything. And we actually, so eight years ago, Pizza Pie Guys was at the, its current location. Mm-hmm. Two years before that, we actually had a different spot with the same name. Mm-hmm. It failed miserably. Like it was, it failed terribly. We, we lost a bunch of money. Yeah. However, I learned a ton. And so it was a, more of a make your own pizza place. And yes. either the concept, the location, it just didn't work. And so we learned a lot from that. And so I felt that if I switched instead of kind of a shtick restaurant of kind of making your own to just making really good food that I want to eat, it would be successful. And, and it has. We've been around for eight years. Well, I was really interested because I, I kind of saw that as I was going through my research that mm-hmm. you guys had opened that make your own pizza place. And now you see places like that all over. I mean, like, you know, the type of Blaze Pizza. Yes. Those franchises have really blown up in the past three or four years. Do you think when you guys tried to introduce that concept, it was just so foreign that it didn't take? Or or what, why do you think that was? Two things. We, instead of like the, and I always call it the Subway style, to where you kind of pick out your own pizza toppings. Right. Uh, we actually allowed people like a buffet, almost like a Mongolian barbecue place mm-hmm. to where you actually they physically put your own toppings on oh wow and people made terrible terrible pizzas so they just <laughs> stacked up ingredients all over each other yeah and we cooked them and they just weren't good i mean I, and then they'd get mad at us because it wasn't great mm-hmm. and so it was it was a great idea either not great execution just did not work mm-hmm. um and yeah I, but we learned so much we learned about advertising we learned about Facebook and social media, uh, we learned what not to do. Mm-hmm. And so it's, uh, I even forget the original question now. <laughs> well, I, I was just asking, like, was Omaha ready for that style of a pizza place? And it yeah. sounds like they just didn't know how to make pizza. They just didn't know how to make pizza. If we'd done it the other way, it probably would have been more successful. I don't know if it would have been sustainable. Mm-hmm. If you look at some of the other um, franchises like that, like the one that we replaced, uh, Thousand Degrees, mm-hmm. uh, Uncle Matteo's, uh, high five mm-hmm. um the, there's some other ones of that same style it's just not thriving very well mm-hmm. blaze would be the only exception to that even though there's not one in omaha mm-hmm. and i've had it it's good but that's the only one that i've seen on a consistent basis be successful mm-hmm. yeah it really is kind of a different difficult concept to it to is nail it, down no it is and when you look at it with burritos or if you look at it with sandwiches it's pretty common or normal with pizzas it just it just doesn't stick well, I think part of it is what you talk, what you were talking about with that baking process. You know, you're not just on a sandwich. You're not just piling ingredients on or in a burrito. You're piling them into a wrap and then folding it up. With a pizza, if you load on a ton of toppings and then load on cheese and throw it in the oven, it's going to cook differently Correct. than if you just if you have like a simple margarita pizza or something. So I think no, absolutely. that probably plays into quite a bit there as well. Yep. yep. We, uh, we try not to overload our pizzas. We try mm-hmm. to get a little something in every bite. But if you just put layer after layer after layer, it's it's just too much. Mm-hmm. So. so I feel like if most people opened a restaurant and like, as in your words, if it failed miserably, yeah. they probably would not, especially a first time restaurant owner would not come back two years later and be like, yep, let's run it back. Let's do it again. What was it about your attitude that made you say, okay, I see what went wrong. I know I can fix it. I know this is a huge risk. I'm taking it. 
two things. I had an unbelievable support system. I, I know I keep harping on this, but the, to be able to have the things at home to allow me to do it, like to say to my wife, you know what? We screwed up this first one. I think I can make it better. She had the confidence to let me do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't think I would have gotten a third chance, but mm-hmm. I think for the second chance she gave me. And so we just, I wanted it to succeed. It was the failure of that restaurant. And I think even um, having a restaurant is like having a kid. Mm-hmm. And so it's just unbelievably time consuming. It's unbelievably expensive, but it's so rewarding. And so I just, I wanted one more crack at it. I don't, because this was a big failure. Like that first restaurant really, it, <laughs> it was bad. Uh-huh. And so I really wanted to redeem myself. I mean, I, I have some ego in the game and some, some skin in it. And I just, I wanted it to work. Well, so you made it work. We're trying, gosh. We're trying really hard. So other than scrapping the build-your-own-pizza format, what did you change the second time around that you feel like has led to the most success compared to the first restaurant? We used much better ingredients. And so when we opened the other place, it, the sausage we got was pre-cooked. The pepperoni was pre-cut. Oh, uh, gosh, we used Canadian bacon. Mm-hmm. More typical stuff that you'd see at some of the chain restaurants. And that was the mistake, or mm. one of the mistakes. Mm-hmm. So when we opened up Pizza Pie Guys, I just said, we're, we're going to do it differently. We're going to make our own dough. We're going to shred our own cheese. So we don't use bag cheese because it's got other stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we slice all of our own pepperoni. We cook all of our own meats. And so we just we make everything or just about everything from scratch, and we try to use just really fresh stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that has probably made the most difference of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I think there are a lot of – really really good home cooks out there who and i've met people like this before who home cooks or home bakers where they're super good and they can make awesome meals for their families and their friends they can host amazing dinner parties and these people will tell them this food is amazing you should open a restaurant yes it's so much harder than just saying you should open a restaurant can you kind of peel back the curtain a little bit and just let people know not to discourage them necessarily from chasing their dreams but just give them a realistic view that just opening a restaurant opening a bakery opening a coffee shop Mm -hmm. whatever it might be it's not easy no it's not easy and it's not glamorous Mm -hmm. i'd say there's probably a uh, an idea out there that owning a place is money everywhere and it's fun and you buy people drinks and it's awesome and it can be that but uh it's incredibly time consuming and not maybe not so much the number of hours per week even though that's pretty high right now mm-hmm. it's the everydayness of it it's once again it's like a baby so you baby doesn't care if you're tired if you're crabby it's still crying yeah the restaurant still wants food restaurant does not care and so when i my two partners in Double Zero had not owned a restaurant before either. Mm-hmm. And so I was very explicit when we were talking about this whole arrangement. And I just said, be prepared to lose every cent you put in. I mean, you're, it's, it's a roulette wheel, and you're, you're betting red. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just be prepared and be prepared to be there because it doesn't work if, if owners aren't there. Mm-hmm. Even if it's, if it's a franchise, if it's a little startup, you have to be there. Mm-hmm. And so I am there, gosh virtually all the time mm-hmm. and I just uh I try to work it out I'll go home during the middle of the day do some things for the kids but I I just have to be there at least for the first part of it to be able to get the culture that we want to um to give out to everyone to our customers right but uh you know it's expensive it's time consuming it's frustrating uh employees are incredibly hard to hire and to keep mm-hmm. and so in customers luckily we've had great customers everyone's been very very nice to us and so we've, we've done a, they've done a nice job for us. They're definitely trying to support us out in that area. I love it. And so, yeah, but I would say anyone thinking of opening a restaurant, make sure you have the money and make sure you got the time. Because if you don't have one or the other, then it's, it's going to be a hard, hard uphill battle. Mm-hmm. We're definitely going to hit more on double zero coming up here, but I want cool. to, I want to go back real quick. I'm sure that, you know, while you, when you opened up pizza pie guys again, you ha- clearly had the confidence that I know what went wrong the first time I can make it better the second time, but there still has to be just because that failure existed, there still has to be some seed of doubt. When did that seed kind of start to go away where it was like, okay, we failed once, but this is working. This is something different. There are proven results here. Sure. It was probably year into it, maybe 18 months into it, you know, with, 
it took us a little while to get customers because I learned from the first place that direct mail for us wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Radio advertising wasn't going to work. We spent a lot of money on that stuff, and it wasn't successful. That really our product had to do the talking. So we needed word of mouth. And so once again, I had to be willing to not make a ton of money and be there all the time that first year just to make sure that everything was exactly the way I liked it or wanted it for the customers. Mm-hmm. And so probably after that first year, we had made it, and I'm like, you know what? I think we're going to be okay. And every year, sales have grown a little bit and, and grown a little bit more, and it's allowed me to not only – I have a great staff over there now, mm-hmm. and so I've been able to get this other place up and running, and I didn't take anyone from that pizza place over because I wanted to make sure the consistency stayed over there. Mm-hmm. It was um, – it's still kind of my, my first baby and my first love, that little restaurant, and so – and it's hard to explain. I'm, I'm confident now our, our customer base is solid. That area of Bennington and kind of Northwest Omaha is unbelievably supportive to us. And so we've just, um, back to your original question, probably a year, 18 months, I knew it was going to be okay. We weren't still killing it. Like we weren't raking in money after cash over hand over fist. But you but could see the arrow pointing upward. Exactly. Okay. Right. And, and we've got good feedback. And we weren't, I remember that first year we would get uh, lots of comments either online or via People would text us or email us. And whenever I was out of town or if I would step away, undoubtedly I would get a nasty gram from someone who wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And so it took, it took that long and longer to make sure that everyone in there knew exactly how to approach customers, how to make the food that, that kept everyone happy. And now I'm, I'm super excited to say we don't get a ton of bad reviews. We don't get a ton of bad pushback on service. They really do a really good job over there. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned you're in – double zero now a lot like yes almost all the time because you are working so hard to establish that culture that now you feel you've achieved at pizza pie guys where you don't have to be there because you've instilled that in everyone else how did you go about establishing that culture like how, how do you get it to that point where you can entrust other people to instill your values into the product you need a proper manager and so it, uh, we, we struggled for a little while as I was there, uh, kind of this omnipresent force there, kind of mm-hmm. always on people. And I needed a manager that could maybe have a softer touch than I do. Mm-hmm. And so that the other employees could go to him and express either what the concerns or how do I do this without, sometimes they were scared to talk to the owner. They didn't want to talk to me. So they could always talk to Cedric. And so once I really got that manager in, I knew he would, uh, I guess, use what I wanted to maybe phrase it differently, but to keep the consistency up. Mm-hmm. And we've been very lucky as far as staffing for a long time. It, it's a bit of a roller coaster staffing. Sometimes you have great people and then like a couple go to college, a couple get other jobs. Mm-hmm. I always say, I don't want someone working at my restaurant forever. Mm-hmm. If you're a, a teenager and someone in your early twenties, I'm like, no, there's, there's more things to do. Like this is a, a, a stop gap for you. I'm going to teach you everything I can here about pizza and kind of how to run a business in, in life. Mm-hmm but I want you to go do something better. If there's school to go to, go to school. Like there's, I want more from them. Mm-hmm. And so right now I, we're lucky we have generations. So we have older sisters and younger sisters who work together. We have younger siblings that after the other one went to college, then took a job. And so we, we haven't had to hire very many people just off the street now. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of referrals because I think for the most part, people enjoy working there. Yeah. And so it's uh, but that's also due to the, the manager, Cedric creating an, an atmosphere that, that he's comfortable with, but also relaying all of my, uh, I don't know, issues. Creating culture where expectations are clear, where employees know what's expected of them and they understand the the, uh, quality of the product that they have to put out, right? Correct, yes. And I always try to give a a reason. If if you correct something, you have to say why you're correcting it. Mm -hmm. And so if you say, hey, don't put even something as simple as cheese, don't put more cheese on that. Because not only it costs us more money to have it on there, but it's going to affect the flavor. Mm-hmm. I remember there was one gentleman um, who had rolled out the dough and gotten it, and then he took a, a uh, dough cutter to make it perfectly round, so he cut it. And my heart, like, skipped a beat. I'm like, oh, what, what, what are you doing? You can't do that. And he kind of looked at me. He's like, well, it's got to be round. I'm like, no, man, it, it takes me hours upon hours to exactly get that dough ball to be 7 ounces or 14 ounces. Mm-hmm. It's got to be that. And he just kind of looked at me, and he didn't last terribly much longer <laughs> after that because he couldn't quite grasp how 
everything has a, a purpose. Yeah. And so I think uh, the consistency and when people know why they're doing something, I think it, it helps. Mm-hmm. Especially young folks. We have enough younger folks who work at both restaurants. And I probably manage a little bit like a parent. I can be sort of a bear, but there's a reason to that. And I try to tell them and then, and then the point gets across. Mm-hmm. Now, getting kind of a little bit more into double zero. Sure. There are definite similarities that one can find between Pizza Pie Guys and Double Zero. If you look at the two menus, there there are crossover pizzas. You, Absolutely. You see some of the same things. But you also have mentioned some differences, like the stone-fired oven versus the conveyor oven. That's a very big difference. Huge difference. What else kind of separates those two restaurants? So, like, they are kind of sister restaurants, but they are not just, you know, a second location of the same thing. What are the differences? No, absolutely. So, Pizza Pie Guys is 1,200 square feet. Uh, we haven't had dine-ins since probably March mm-hmm. because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And even before that, 95% of our business was takeout and delivery in that area. Gotcha. And so when we crossed over to Double Zero, we have twice the space we have uh, on the big, beautiful street. On 204th, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pizza Pie Guys is kind of tucked in a corner by a bar, and it's a little hard to see sometimes. And so it was a, it was a different challenge for me to have a, a true dine-in restaurant. And just even getting timing right between take-in, delivery, dine-in, it's, it's a different dynamic than one that's purely just take-out and delivery. Now, for someone who d- hasn't experienced that and hasn't worked in that environment, why is that? Oh, it, We're working with, um, like in the back. So we have a flat top. So we're making hamburgers. Mm-hmm. We're making wings. We're making garlic bread. And so it's actually separated by a wall. And so we have a pass-through, a big window. Mm-hmm. And so let's say it takes 10 minutes to get the burger and fries ready. Well, we got to know exactly when the pizzas are going in the oven to try to get it out at the exact same time. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And like when people order, if you have a six or seven top and they want two sandwiches, a burger, a pizza, and a salad, it, it takes a little bit of effort. And so we've had some growing pains getting that. And I think probably my lack of true, I guess, dine-in restaurant experience probably hurt that a little bit. But I think we, we're, we're picking that up and learning right now. And we've gotten, I think, pretty good at it now mm-hmm. with, with some minor flaws. But it's, it's such a different dynamic when people are in there watching. Yeah. So at Pizza Pie Guys, everyone's pretty much behind the wall except for someone handing out the, the pizza. With this, with the huge oven at double zero, people are running and it look, can look hectic at times. Because we'll have seven people around that oven all running around talking. And actually, the more we communicate and the more you hear us talking, the better we're doing. Mm-hmm. And when it's quiet back there, then probably a mistake is just made and we're trying to overcome it. But when we're communicating with each other, that's when the food comes out on time. Everyone's delivery times are the right time. It's just, it works out. Oh, it, it was a challenge though. I think it also, it does create like a unique experience. though to have that open kitchen, mm-hmm. at least part of it is open I and agree. being able to, I think customers really appreciate being able to see their food being made. And I think that's why in so many of those restaurants where you have the, the wood fired ovens or, or like you guys have the stone fired sure. oven, it's clearly displayed. It is not hidden back in the kitchen. Those places tend to have open kitchens because you want to show that Absolutely. thing off. You want to say, Hey, this thing is not, we're not just throwing this back in, you know, in a con- conventional oven or anything. Right. We got a big, nice piece of machinery here. You can watch your pizza be cooked. There's something to that for the customer. And it can be, it's funny. It can be kind of unnerving sometimes because well, people will be waiting for their pizzas uh-huh. and they'll be staring and, and I can't, it's hard to tell sometimes are they irritated or are they just mesmerized by what's going on? Especially with masks on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's really hard to tell, but I think it's, it's some sort of just being mesmerized. So just pizzas coming out and you look at the pizza. Oh my God, it looks great. Next one comes around because that spins inside there and everyone's kind of moving in sync. I think just people get mesmerized by it. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned when your two other business partners, Chad and Andrew, they they came to you and they they wanted to open another pizzeria. What was your reaction to that? Because obviously you'd been a part sure. of opening two restaurants. One had succeeded. Right. One had not been yeah. quite as successful. <laughs> so, like, what was your reaction to to them being, you know, excited about this idea and saying, hey, let's jump into this pool again? Uh, the first was basically, are you kidding? <laughs> like, have you not have you not seen me? Like, are you sure? Because they both have no, they have nice jobs. I mean, this is kind of a second gig for them. And I, yeah, I thought they were crazy at first. Mm-hmm. I really uh, tried. I tried my darndest to convince them not to want to do it. I, I put every bad, terrible thing that could happen out there. And they still wanted to. They just weren't, they were undeterred? They were undeterred. And I think part of it was the, the opportunity was unique. 
of stepping into that place, not having to make too many changes on the inside. I think if it had, if they were just trying to open up a, a new location, a new spot, I don't know if they would have been as excited about that. But from the area that it's in and it's growing so quickly and the oven that's in there and the, the minor build-out we had to do, I think it was all just uh, too much excitement for them. And what has been your early feedback from them? Is this what they expected? Like, even despite your warnings, have they been a little bit blown away by it? Like, I, how are they doing? They're doing pretty well. Um, everything's really expensive in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. When something breaks, when something you need to buy something, everything's just really expensive. I think they're a little shocked about that and how much everything is. Mm-hmm. We went over budget on the build-up by a hair. Mm-hmm. And so that and that I think the time commitment also – like Andrew has young kids, uh, Chaz lives in Papillion, and so there's some other dynamics that make it harder for them just to pop over. I happen to live a lot closer, and I, I don't, I just like being there. Mm-hmm. And so they've done really well, but I think it's been eye-opening in how much uh, true effort it is. Mm-hmm. Now I want to to talk a little bit about customer service because yeah. that's something that I've seen from you and this restaurant specifically that I think is something that's really special. But I think we have to start with kind of customer expectations. Now, the first time that I visited, it was a Friday night, and I, <laughs> I, I managed to get in before the rush, but you guys got really slammed that night. There were some people who they had to wait a little bit longer than they probably expected to. But And you kind of went into this a little bit earlier, but for someone who just comes in and expects to get their food right away and doesn't get their food right away... sure. Can you explain to them how difficult it is to get a new restaurant up and running, get all these processes in place, and that sometimes it just, you know, especially with a new restaurant, with any restaurant, you have to have patience, but especially with a new one, it's super important to go in, not with lowered expectations, but just an understanding that everyone is trying to get things in order. Absolutely. Yeah, so that Friday night uh, that you were there, we were very excited about There were two uh, Elkhorn High, both Yes. Elkhorn South and Elkhorn High were in the state championship football game. And we're like, oh, it's going to be a great night. It's going to be a great night. And we had some user error probably with our, our POS, our point-of-sale system, that tells people how long it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And so we basically anyone who ordered online was told it's going to be 20 minutes. It was really bad. And so we had lots of people who were angry. And I looked at it, and I'm at the end of the night, and I'm trying to kind of decompress on how awful it was because people really did wait almost an hour in time. Mm-hmm. And m- most people were super friendly about it and very nice. We gave away a lot of free beer that night. <laughs> uh, free beer always helps it does. calm the nerves. It does. But I look at it, I'm like, if you'd had a long week and COVID's just kicking your butt, you just want some pizza for your family, and then you're running this. And so I'm like, that sucks. It was terrible. And so I, yes, people should maybe have some expectations, uh, especially of a new restaurant on a busy night like that. Um, it would, I found that, what we had that night was even worse than a normal expectation for a new restaurant. We mm-hmm. really, we blew it. And then we, yeah, we just blew it. And I, I wish there was something, now we know what to do. Like our, we figured out the technology to where we haven't had that issue again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, as you walk into a new restaurant, things will definitely be um, quirky, I would say at times. You might get a little bit in the wrong order. It might take a little bit longer. And so we appreciate everybody who has the patience, and obviously we, we give away a lot of free drinks. I mean, that's really kind of our go-to move. Uh, that night we refunded a bunch of meals. I know I was originally going to try to call back everyone on that night, mm-hmm. but um, the Omaha Food Lovers post really mm-hmm. kind of took off, and so I, had, I responded to everyone. Everyone who responded to us on there, I responded back uh, with some words. And so to your original question, yes, it, it, when a new place is open, cut them a little bit of slack. But at the same time, the place also has to understand that everyone has their own life coming in there and has issues, and we screwed up their night. Right, for for sure. And I appreciate you yeah. having the humility to admit that. But I do I, – I, I, and maybe I'm, I go too far in the sure. restaurant's direction, but I just – I have such a compassion for restaurants, especially ones that are opening up and figuring out for the – figuring everything out for the first time. I remember – I, I made the mistake. My favorite barbecue restaurant in Omaha now is run by a famous pitmaster. It's incredible. I love yes. it. I went in the third day it was open, and the service was slow. 
and the food quality was, quite frankly, not very good. We were really disappointed because I had been waiting for this restaurant for months, and people have been telling me this is going to be so good, it's so good, it's so good, and it wasn't very good. But I kept going back, and I went back, I think, about a month later, and everything was a little bit better. And then I went back, uh, you know, a month, six weeks after that, and it's just, it's like anything. The more that someone does something or more that a team does something, the more they're able to iron out the wrinkles and figure things out. So I think, yes, I appreciate you taking the responsibility and saying, you know what, we dropped the ball and some people didn't get the experience they wanted. But I do think it's so important to just come in with that understanding that, hey, it takes time for, like anyone who starts a new job, Mm -hmm. you're not going to understand the complete filing system and you're not going <laughs> to know everyone's names and sure. everything on day one. It just, it takes time. No, no, it does. And then once again, to, like I'm a better parent now with my third kid than I was with my first. Mm-hmm. That's like, so I'm a, hopefully a better restaurant parent with my second than my first, but still like, ah, oh, damn, I was still a crappy parent that day. Right? I was still <laughs> a bad restaurant owner that day. It's like, ah, rats. And so I, um, I know the exact restaurants you're talking about and I had the exact same experience and it's awesome. Now mm-hmm. it's fantastic, mm-hmm. but I know exactly what you're, what you're talking about. And it just takes that patience and it takes that, that willingness to say, you know what they didn't, maybe they didn't deliver up to my expectations the first time, but I'm not going to write them off just because of one bad experience because Honestly, no restaurant is trying to give you a bad experience. <laughs> exactly. That's the worst business pot model yeah. possible. <laughs> I will say the other hard part just with opening a spot is staff. Yes. And so the hiring, especially in this industry, can be somewhat of a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really can be. With the interview process, with the, I guess, the, the way people kind of bounce around from job to job in the service industry, it can be hard to find the right folks. Mm-hmm. And so we might not have had the perfect set of folks in that night. Mm-hmm. we've changed since then. We've gotten better, different folks, more referrals. And so I think until you see somebody working, especially in a high, busy night, it's hard to know how how good an employee they really are and mm-hmm. if they can handle that type of pressure. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned that negative post in the mm-hmm. Omaha Food Lovers group and how you responded to every comment mm-hmm. on that thread with an apology or a promise to make things better or – uh, an offer for a refund. It was really amazing to see. And I can't even imagine how much time went into that. And that was just one post. You know, you were sure. talking about calling people back and everything too. Why did you feel compelled to do that? I felt so. And even, I don't know if the post, the original one was negative. It was constructive. Yes. So I, it was it was definitely constructive because um, she said the food was very good. Or mm-hmm. he said the food was very good, which I which I sincerely, once again, I think it was a, a small silver lining on a, a rough night that the pizza was really good. Um, I felt that anyone who took the time to answer that or say, oh, my gosh, I'll try this because of the way you answered it, they absolutely deserve my time and respect and a, and a message back. Mm-hmm. And so none of it was canned. I mean, I literally generally wrote out different answers and thought about questions that, that people had. Uh, through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I think to be honest and upfront with people and genuine is a much better way to go than to try to erase something or just wipe it clean and say, the heck with it, we'll, we'll just do better. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think and I hope that people respected that uh, and that everyone's had that day to where everything just went wrong. <laughs> and so, I, I, and I, I know for a fact the days after that, People were very kind, and our sales mm-hmm. were up, and they came in specifically because of that post. Mm-hmm. And so that constructive post, I think, will hopefully do more for not only me but my team and the restaurant than any other sort of advertisement could do. It was, it was phenomenal, the outpouring of support and just constructive, not even criticism, just telling us how to do it better, what we can do better. I think it was great. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, what you just said – there are stats that back it up that mm. when businesses and restaurants specifically respond to negative comments or negative feedback, not, not even negative, but constructive yeah, feedback, sort of. 45% of customers are more likely to visit a business that responds to negative reviews. So I think that plays into that. And, and I just want to be very clear with this line of questioning over the last sure. 10 minutes, I'm not trying to bring up this one night just to like highlight, Oh, this like, this is like your worst nightmare, just playing, playing no, it over no, and over No, no, not at all. No, it's- I'm bringing this up because I thought it was amazing. The response that you had, I think, not only shows how much you care about the customer, but how much you care about the restaurant and the quality, where you were like, you took responsibility. You said, hey, 
this isn't where we wanted it to be, but we will be better. And you have been better. Yes. And I, I just I I love that that care to it where I think a lot of restaurateurs, and maybe not a lot of restaurateurs, sure. but just the the human response, especially after a very tough night, would just be like, forget all of these people. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to respond to this stuff. I don't want to read sure. it. I just want to relax and not think about it. I think it takes a very special type of person, a very special type of business owner to say, to kind of swallow their pride and be like, I know that our quality is better than what we Mm. showed. Allow me to show it again. So the reason that I even bring any of this up is to point as a positive to double zero that not only are nights like that a complete and total outlier, but the care that you guys have it shows in the quality of the product. It shows in the customer service. And I just think it's really important to highlight that. No, it's super kind of you to say, because really I went to bed that night, I mean, feeling as low as, as low gets. It was mm-hmm. awful. And by the time I had kind of gotten up the next morning getting ready, I had a couple of friends who had seen the post and texted me. It's like, hey, get on there. And, and so I did. And it was, by the end of it, it was very cathartic. It was very just reassuring. And I felt so much better at noon than I did at 10 o'clock the night before. And just it was it was an incredible outpouring of a, I don't know I th- I thank the I even forget his name off the top of my head whoever wrote the review I thank him mm-hmm. because really that was it was the kick in the butt that we made needed to be mm-hmm. honest that that really kind of jump started some stuff so I I appreciate it mm-hmm. now as we kind of wind down here and wrap up I think you know we we've gone through so many so many discussions about kind of your career. You've seen the highs, you've seen the lows of this business and you just, you keep coming back to it and you keep serving pizza. What is it that you just love about being in the restaurant industry? Oh God, it's gotta be the the customers and the people. I, the most fun I have is literally when I know things are under control in the kitchen Mm -hmm. and I can walk around and just talk with people. I love finding out about people, what they do, how old their kids are, sports. I just find it fascinating. Mm-hmm. You just never know what other people do for a living. Mm-hmm. And so it's to truly make a connection with someone means a lot to me. If they're willing to invest their time and their money in my restaurant, I feel it's the least I can do is invest some time and effort into them. And it's just, it's fun. And I, it's like, it's not work at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of work up until that two hour stretch from six to eight or whenever, when I think that things under control and I get out there, but it's just great. People are awesome. Mm-hmm. And I, I love their stories. Uh, being having three kids of my own, I love seeing other people's kids. It's just they're cute, they're fun, they say silly stuff, and that's really why I keep doing it. It's just it's a blast. It I don't know, probably pumps up my ego. It it's a good time, <laughs> you know. It's just it's really fun. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a it's a good time. I love it. Well, I I want to encourage people if you're looking for you know a, a new pizza spot to check out especially if especially if you just want to do takeout right now and you're not comfortable going into a restaurant double zero i i can give it my recommendation i i really enjoyed it we the night that we got it we had um a, a couple friends over for like a socially distanced night and so <laughs> we got several different pizzas we got some of the some of the crazier ones like the green chili enchilada yep. and the thai peanut those were wolfed down quicker than, <laughs> I, I mean, I've never seen someone eat a pizza so fast, in complete honesty. We also got just, someone got a pepperoni, and she loved it as well. So there's there's that wide range. I would encourage people to get out and try this. You know you're going to get good pizza. You know you're going to get good customer service. And honestly, what more are you looking for at that point? I hope. Yeah. We're, we're trying. <laughs> you guys, are, trust me, you're doing a very good job. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Dan, I thank you so much for giving me your time today and for coming on the show. It's very much appreciated. No, and I thank you guys, too. This has been uh, fantastic. It's very, it's a, a unique process. I enjoyed it. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> uh, as always, Omaha, thanks for eating with us. <laughs>